Louis Lewis and the news are there. We're at 19 before 9. Speaking of news, time to check in and see what's happening to your money this morning on Wall Street. Got the line. We've got Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who is calling in from an undisclosed location this morning. Philip, how are you and how is your computer? Uh, well, I got it up and running, and uh, now it's just finding the right you know the right information that i need so hey oh, we've Lord. got a we've got a couple of sheets pulled up here so we got a we got a little bit of information to talk about anyway that works you know every time the internet goes down around here i always say people it's not like running water but uh dog got it all when we need it we need it and sometimes they get a little uncooperative don't they yeah, sometimes they do. That's exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, setting the table for the morning, first of all, yesterday, it was a kiss in your sister day on every index except for NASDAQ. Uh, Dow was up by 39 points. The Standard & Poor's was up by 11.5. Those were fractional increases. NASDAQ did manage to pull a better part of a full percent out of its keister. It was up 110 points, which is, in today's world, anything less than a percentage point swing on the NASDAQ is basically flat these days and that kind of brings us up to the morning when we've got a real flood of information very little of it is good news this morning the one thing that uh, probably the headline that's going to move the markets the most is going to be the producer price index after we were kind of disappointed by the consumer index yesterday uh, now we've got the producer inflation wholesale inflation what's probably going to happen to us in a month or two and they expected a four-tenth of a point increase in inflation on the producer's side. It comes in at, drum roll if you please, seven-tenths of a percent, 75% more than they expected. And one of my tips, I'm using the... Uh, I'm using delayed quotes here, but it came across my news ticker that the Dow lost about 50 points out of about 30 seconds of that report coming out. Yeah, it's not liking these numbers at all, and uh, it's continued to fall even more as we uh, as as they continue to digest what these numbers actually mean. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty by any measure. The year-over-year -year number on the core, which really is what it, it, the prices that once they notch up, they tend to stay up, that actually eased back a little bit. They were expecting a 4.9% annual core number. We ended up getting 4.5%, so the report isn't completely devoid of good news. It's easing a little bit on the stuff that doesn't move once it goes up, but then again, we're still looking at a pretty high inflation rate, and that month-over-month uh, -month number on the gross number cannot make investors happy about the possibility of a, uh, an easing of interest rate increases when the Fed meets next month. No, it really doesn't, Dave. As a matter of fact, it actually probably adds more to the other side, like I was talking about yesterday, you know, maybe a little higher increase than anybody wants or expected. Absolutely. It doesn't look like what we're looking for happening, happening. And that's kind of being backed up by the unemployment numbers. Thursday morning, they put out first-time unemployment claims, and uh, we ended up expecting 200,000, which would be an inordinately low number. It was actually even a little less than that, 194,000 first-time jobless claims. And continuing claims really didn't go up much either. We had 1.689 million expected. It ended up at 1.7 million. You consider only one 1.7 million people in this country are looking for jobs and not finding them right away. That borders on that that borders on an overheated economy. And I mean, it's good news for the uh, job front, but heavens to Betsy, we've been trying to choke this down now for a year. Yeah, we continue to see you know job openings, right? Way more than what we wanted to. I mean, I think that uh, the last report we were back up to uh, like 11 million. 
job mm-hmm. open. So you got 11 million job openings. You got less than 2 million people looking for jobs. That's a problem. Yeah, there's five jobs for everybody that wants one. For all, it may not be the perfect match, so some folks are holding out and looking for it. Hence the 1.7 million. But I mean, for heaven's sake, we're we're overheated as an economy on the job front from the standpoint of a macro basis, and uh, that doesn't do what we want it to do as far as being able to tame inflation. The other item that came out this morning is we had some housing information, and uh, that's not good news either. Building permits report out. Uh, they ended up revising that number downward from December. They were expecting, uh, they, they reported 1.62% lower building permits last month. They revised that down to 3.4% down. And about the only good thing I can offer is that the actual number this month went up by a rock-crushing one-tenth of a percent. But then again, housing starts almost doubled the decline they expected. Uh, We actually started 4.5% fewer houses than anybody expected, which means the only part of the economy that actually is cooling off is the housing market. And that kind of messes a whole bunch of ancillary businesses up as well. So that's the stuff we really don't want to see happen. Well, from an economic standpoint, you're right that we don't want to see that happen. But but I'm sure that that's the one thing the Fed probably is, you know, basking in. Yes. OK, we're, we're helping something here. We're slowing something down. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, we continue to see, right, that that mortgage rates are continue to stay around that that high, you know, six and a half, seven percent rate, which is going to, you know, continue to if housing prices don't fall then that continues to make it harder and harder for folks to buy houses that have to go get a mortgage. And so the only people that are really um, in the market right now are really participating is probably cash buyers at the most part. Absolutely. And one of the things that producer price index does include is the materials that go into building a home. And something just flashed across my ticker, which isn't good news, that seven-tenths of a percent that we got was the biggest rise in U.S. wholesale prices since back in June. I don't see that as being good news for the inflation rate or good news for what the Fed's looking at next month. No, I don't either. I think that that continues to be a you know, the, I wish the Fed would just, uh, you know, for you and I, it'd be nice if they'd go ahead and meet and just decide what they're going to do so we could quit, quit guessing. Uh, yeah, that's the challenge. And you were, you were bringing the point up very validly earlier this week that we're actually going to have two sets of these economic reports out before the next Fed meeting because they met kind of on a crossover month, January 31st to February 1st last time. Now they're going back to their normal end of the month time frame for March. So we're actually going to get two sets of economics data uh, to make us <laughs> scared to death of the next meeting uh, before they actually meet and make the decision as to how big a hammer to hit us with. Well, that's right. And, and, and maybe, and, and maybe that's a blessing because maybe that next report will be better than what we're getting right now. Well, you are the story eyed optimist this morning, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I'm trying to add a little hope in there somewhere. Uh, possible, yeah. Tidbits out in terms of company news this out. This isn't a report, but I found it interesting. Uh, BP, British Petroleum, after they kind of got their their wrists slapped and their morale whacked by the uh, oil spill from a few years ago, they're dipping back into buying stuff. They're buying the big chain of uh, truck stops and uh, travel centers. They're buying travel centers of America, and the word is they're coughing up over a billion dollars in cash to buy it. That's kind of an interesting thing from the supply chain. Uh, gas company owning the gas stations again. That was something we tried to shed about 50 years ago, but 
Now they're diving back in and they're going to own a big chunk of the supply chain in the country. Well, that's true. And maybe they're seeing that they can, uh, well, you control your endpoint, right? And so that, um, I can see where that might help. Mm-hmm. It was, it was interesting. I remember like, oh, this is like 50, 55 years ago, there was a big scandal about the gas companies owning the gas stations because then gas wars hit and the companies themselves could afford to sell at a loss and put the independent dealer out of business. Evidently, we're not as worried about that anymore. So now a big truck stop chain is going to be owned by the gas company that supplies them. It'll be interesting to see what happens and whether or not there's any Justice Department uh, raised eyebrows over that. i got to wonder that's going to attract somebody's attention in Washington. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think we may – you're exactly right. We may see uh, a little bit of, of something there from them um, in terms of what that looks like and whether or not they really approve it or not. Absolutely. And that's kind of where we're shopping up this morning. And I'm assuming as my delayed quotes update that we're not going to like it when you give me the futures in a minute. It is still earnings season. And uh, probably the biggest household name you mentioned that you had data from is our friends at Roku. And that's been one of those companies that I've been kind of looking at askance lately because now everybody's buying smart TVs that don't need the Roku box anymore. How are they doing? Well, they're not. They don't necessarily have to have the Roku box, Dave. But but Roku now is actually part of the platform within the TV itself. So, yeah, there are Roku so, TVs yeah, out too. That's right. Several several brands too are actually running kind of an operating system, I guess you'd say, uh, within mm-hmm. there. So, but they had a pretty good quarter. Uh, they they came in at um, I think about a. Well, let's see. Let's see. They, they lost a dollar seventy. Which you know we don't want to lose money, but that was less than what was expected. They're expected to lose like a dollar seventy three a share. Um, revenue though was way better than expected um, by almost a half a by almost fifty sixty million dollars. So so good numbers there for Roku, and uh, they're off their high. I mean they had, when people first saw it they spiked like twelve percent, but they they people have read through the numbers now it's back down, uh, but it is still up five percent. So. After yesterday's close, Dave, it was up 12% yesterday. So right now we're looking at a total of 17% in two days. Wow. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I've been blowing taps for them too early, huh? <laughs> uh, but at least, uh, hey, they're moving in the right direction, right? We had uh, Cisco Systems reported as well yesterday after the, the bell closed. And they, uh, they earned like 88 cents a share, slightly more than the 86 that was expected. Uh, revenue was just a tad above expectations as well. Uh, they're trading up almost 3% this morning. Um, and so then the last one I have for you kind of goes to that housing deal, right? So mm-hmm. what Zillow reported uh, the real estate website, and, uh, and they had a adjusted earnings of $0.21 cents a share, uh, which is way better than the $0.07 cents that was expected. And then revenue was about $20 million more than expected at $435 million. And, uh, and so they're trading up about a little over 2.5% this morning. Cool. It's one of those companies I really don't understand the revenue model. I hit the website to monitor the value of my home, and I've never paid them a penny. But I'm glad they're doing well because it's kind of nice. It's a free website for those of us that are just curious. So I'm it, happy. It is. It is. But realtors subscribe to it, right? So they can put their, their listing up there and put them as the agent. And so there's that. They, they pay for, for basically attaching themselves to a listing that they've got up there on Zillow. 
Kind of like, I'd, I'd imagine, kind of like a Google ad. Basically, when you pay for it, you go to the top of the listings. Well, or somebody sees that house mm-hmm. and they want more information. The the realtor that listed that house is right there. Okay. You just click a button and you can schedule to go see it. That's a revenue model I can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Makes some sense. Resetting the table yesterday was uh, generally a green day. Not real green on the blue chip side, but decent on the more adventurous NASDAQ exchange. I kind of alluded to it. And I've got delayed quotes here that I'm betting yours are even going to be worse after that inflation number this morning. 45 minutes early, what are we looking at? Yeah, mine are down a little bit more than yours are, I'm sure. We're down about eight-tenths of a percent on the Dow. That's like $270. The S&P 500 is down uh, almost 1.1%, almost $45. The NASDAQ 100 down almost 1.5% this morning. That's $180. So everything is definitely in the red on the index side um, and, and not so good on the commodity side either. We still got silver down about six tenths of a percent and gold down three tenths. Uh, it's down below $1,840 right now. So uh, moving, moving to the south. Crude oil is trading up, but I think it's slightly below yesterday's numbers at $78.70 a barrel. It's pretty much, yeah, about the same neighborhood as yesterday anyway. Overseas markets, Asian rim markets were really a mixed bag. The uh, Chinese mainland market was down almost a full percent overnight, but the Hong Kong market up by about the same percentage. European markets are pretty close to the flat line this morning, and I suspect they're going to be tracking our futures as they go down. We're pretty much almost net zero on all the major markets over in the European community halfway through their day. It's a day in which you probably don't want your IRA to be invested in equities, Philip. How do I get a hold of you to figure out where the risk is in my plan? You know, Dave, that's why we developed our core retirement design to help people really identify how much risk they have in their current portfolio and making sure that it matches up with the amount of risk that they should have, need to have, and want to have in their portfolio. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And one more time, we'll cross our fingers for good news to end the week tomorrow morning here on Light. Thank you, sir. I will see you then. All right? All right, man. Have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great day. Hey, we'll be out tomorrow, but join us again Monday morning, same time, same place. Until then, have a great weekend. Bye now.